Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Hello, this is the Faith in Kids podcast. However old you are, you are so welcome. Thank you for joining Jam and I. Jam, isn't it good they're with us? Oh, it's brilliant they're with us. Hello, thanks for coming along. This is episode five. We are doing the seven signs of the secret king. We've been on a heck of a journey so far. Jam, quick word association game. I'll tell you the episode and you tell me what you remember. Are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Episode one. The wine at Cana. Loads. That's what I'm thinking. Episode two, the healing of the official son. Miles away. That's two words. Sorry. <laughs> Episode three, the man who'd been paralysed by the pool. 38 years. Wow. That's how long he'd been there. Episode four, feeding of the 5,000. Full. Completely full. Can't eat any more delicious, lovely barley bread. Isn't it great, Jam, that all of Jesus' miracles are wonderful? They just make you smile. Right, here's the whip-around question. When were you last exhausted? You were so tired, you just couldn't go on. Can you think of a time, Ed? (laughs) Yeah. One great thing about children is that when they're tired, they just do this massively. You know, like in cartoons, when people crawl into a room on all fours. Yeah. I love that that's how children are. When they're really tired, it's like, I can't go on. Yeah. Yeah, I've got one. It's my daughter. We were in South Africa. We were about to drive into an enclosure of lions who were literally right there. And my daughter was so tired, even though it was an incredibly bumpy road and it was extremely dangerous, she fell asleep and we could not wake her. <laughs> That's how tired she was. So exhausted, she couldn't go on. When were you last so exhausted, you couldn't go on?
hope you're not too tired just thinking about that. We're talking about it because the disciples in the boat rowing across the lake were so, so exhausted. They were rowing for three or four miles in a storm, frantically trying to get ashore. And we will find out what happened next in a minute. Ed, you're on the fun facts this time. What have you got? This time, Jam, I've got a story. Can I tell you a story? Please do. Like all of our fun facts, this one is absolutely true and it is mind-boggling. In November 2012, a fisherman called Salvador went out to fish with his friend Ezekiel. Off they went on a fibreglass boat, no cabin, no roof, no bed, no shelter. But you don't need it because you're just popping out for the day to go fishing to catch a few fish to pay for your lunch. I'm sensing that uh, they're going to need a roof or something fairly soon, are they? (laughs) Okay, so off they go in their boat to carve up the waves in their huge saucers, not much more than a surfboard with an engine on the back, a storm came. They tried to turn back. They were 15 miles from the coast of Mexico and the motor stopped working. The radio died. They were swept out to sea with no way of getting back. 11 months later, still not back. Living on raw fish, turtles and seabirds, including one seabird that had eaten a poisonous snake. So Ezekiel died. That's really rough. To eat a bird which has eaten something poisonous. I mean, that's awful, isn't it? I'm afraid our listeners are already thinking, where are the laughs in this, Ed? I'm very sorry. A man did actually die in this story. So we're now just down to Salvador, a long way from Mexico in the Pacific Ocean. How did he keep going? Singing hymns and thinking about his 14-year-old daughter. You can't really live off that, but he stayed alive. At one point, he was almost run over by an enormous container vessel. How sad must that be if it gets to within close enough distance you think you're going to die from being run over, but it doesn't stop? Oh, that is awful. Imagine that, this great big... He must have thought, I'm saved, I'm saved. It's going to kill me, it's going to kill me. It's sailing away, it's sailing away. That must have been a new low. So then we get to January 2014. To be clear, more than a year has passed. He sees coconuts in the water, a sky filled with birds that he knew must have come from dry land... He managed to get his boat ashore and was discovered by a couple who lived there on Ebon Atoll, the southern tip of the Marshall Islands, one of the most remote spots on Earth. So how far has he gone? Now, look, this is impossible to get your head around. I'm, it's one of the many moments on the podcast where, please, will you get yourself a screen and find the distance between Mexico and the Marshall Islands. It is the whole way across the Pacific. It's 5,000 miles. Oh, my word. 5,000 miles. And he found this tiny little tropical island. And if he had missed that, it's like missing a bus stop. The next one is another 3,000 miles. It's the Philippines. Wow. Mexico and the Philippines basically aren't on the same side of the planet. So how long had he been away for? Well, it, it works out at 438 days 
and he only needed 11 more for this beautiful couple to look after him and get him home to Mexico. I have no idea how he got home. Oh, my word. Well, that is an incredible story of how it can go wrong when you set out on a journey on a, on a sea or an ocean or a lake. And uh, that's what we've got in today's story. Now, Jan, please, will you use your Pacific Ocean-sized brain to tell us more about... Jam on John. The Sea of Galilee is technically a lake, but it's huge. If you were going to Capernaum from where the disciples were after Jesus fed the 5,000, it was probably five or six miles. That's a big lake, isn't it? Um, But don't forget, they knew how to sail because most of these guys used to be fishermen. And then, spoilers, they meet Jesus walking on the water and he says, it is I. And he might be reminding the disciples of a bit in the Old Testament where God speaks to Moses at the burning bush. Do you remember that story, Ed? Yeah, absolutely. Moses says, who is it who's speaking to me? And God says, I am who I am. That's right. And in Greek, the words for that would be ego amy. Can you say ego amy? (laughs) (laughs) Ego, Amy. John is, when Jesus says that, slightly pointing us back to an old story in the Old Testament, which helps us to understand the story. There's loads of that going on. And I'm now much older than most people listening to this podcast, and I'm still finding these links. And it is genuinely enthralling. So listen out for the moment when Jesus says, it is I. And say out loud when he does, Ego, Amy. Our reading is from John chapter 6, beginning at verse 16. That evening, Jesus' followers went down to Lake Galilee. It was dark now, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The followers got into a boat and started across the lake to Capernaum. By now, a strong wind was blowing, and the waves on the lake were getting bigger. They rowed the boat about three or four miles. Then... They saw Jesus walking on the water, coming toward the boat. The followers were afraid, but Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid, it is I. Then they were glad to take him into the boat. At once the boat came to land at the place where they wanted to go. Do you like being on boats, ships, canoes, kayaks, sailboards, jet skis, water skis? Any of those, Ed? Yeah, a lot, actually. I love water. I love rivers and lakes more than the sea. I'd love to be on a boat, paddling along, inflatable or otherwise. I'm happy on it all. I don't. (laughs) And the reason for that is I can't breathe underwater. That's my main worry, falling in. In fact, I think I said on this podcast before, I did fall into a canal last year. It was shallow, so I could stand up and breathe straight away. Sadly, my phone couldn't breathe and it died. Now, some people love being on the water, some don't. But everyone agrees that water is dangerous. If you fall in and go under, you need rescuing fast. And in the Bible, whenever there's big water, it usually means danger or chaos. So we see water wash away all the wickedness in the flood when Noah is on his ark. We see the Red Sea swallow up Pharaoh after Moses has led the Israelites out of Egypt and across to safety on the other side. Water is usually frightening in the Bible and God is the one who controls it. 
Now, in today's story from John's Gospel, we see the disciples sailing across the lake. They didn't know where Jesus had gone after feeding the 5,000 people, so they set off without him in the dark. Was that a good idea? Maybe they were experienced fishermen. They knew what they were doing. They'd be fine. As long as there wasn't a storm. And then there was a storm. They needed to get off this lake as fast as possible or they might drown. They started rowing frantically for three or four miles. Soon they were exhausted in a storm, on a boat, on a deep lake, in the dark. How could it be worse? But then they saw Jesus. He wasn't in another boat. He was walking on the water standing there on the water picture it imagine it amazing Jesus wasn't worried he told them not to be afraid don't panic Jesus isn't panicking in fact does Jesus ever panic I can't think of one moment when Jesus panics can you So the disciples let Jesus into the boat. That's the best decision they've made that night. And what happened? Immediately, weirdly quickly, the whole thing was over and they'd landed on the other side. Panic over immediately. They were safe with Jesus. Our lives are chaotic. Sometimes scary, sometimes stormy, sometimes exhausting, sometimes all of those at the same time. But here are two bits of good news. Here's the first. Jesus is 100% in charge. That's why he's not panicking. He made the wind and the waves. He made you and me. He was there in the beginning. John tells us, at the beginning of the creation of the universe, he's invented the concept of weather. He probably watched the disciples get into this mess. But Jesus got them out. Jesus has got this. We can trust Jesus. So when we're in a pickle, we can't see a way out of being bullied. Or there's a surprise test at school. Or a really difficult situation at home that just doesn't seem like it's going to change. And we don't think we can cope. Not with the dark, the exhaustion, the chaos. We can pray, Jesus, help me. He's not panicking. He can walk on water. He can feed 5,000 starving people. He can change any situation and get us to dry land. That's the first bit of good news. Here's the second bit. Jesus is not out there on the lake. He's already with us in the boat. He's in our hearts by his spirit. If we're Christians, he is with us. Have you ever done something really dangerous? Maybe you've white water rafted or you've done a really high, scary ropes course. It's so much easier when you've got someone there with you. Someone you feel safe with. You've got Jesus with you all the time. So even though it can be bumpy and stormy 
and scary at times. It's okay. Jesus is with you and he's got this. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that the Lord Jesus is 100% in charge. He never panics and we can trust him. And thank you that he is already with us by your spirit. So whenever we're having tough times, bad times, difficult times, even good times as well, we pray that we would know that he is with us. Amen. Amen. Jam, please tell me that you've got questions. I've got questions. Under fives, what did Jesus do in this story that was a bit strange? Can you remember? Fives to sevens, why were the disciples really worried? Eights to elevens, can you think of a situation in the next week when you might need to pray to Jesus for help to get through? Over 11s, why do you think Jesus lets us get into those really hard or scary situations? Have a chat about that. You can get those questions again at the end. Meanwhile, here's a sketch about what happened when they handed back the boat. Hiya, just handing back the 12-seater fishing boat. Great, thanks. Was everything okay with your trip? Um, not really. Actually, there was a massive storm last night. Oh, yeah. And we thought we were going to die. I see you hired the additional oars as well. Yeah. And we rode like mad and we're so tired and we thought we were going to die. And you're returning all 12 oars? Yes. And I see from the ship's logbook that when you landed ashore, there were 13 of you. Ah, um, that's right. What did you do? Pick up a lost bloke halfway across the lake, did you? Um, yes, we did. What was it? Someone just wandering across the surface of the lake? Yes. In the middle of a storm? In the dark? Yes. Oh, I see. Just trying to squeeze a mate in without paying. But it's the lion that gets to me. He's called Jesus. He can walk on water. You might have heard of him. He's the one who does the, um, the signs. Was he at that wedding that ended up with all that wine? Yes. Right. But sorry to fuss over the small print. If there were 13 of you in the boat, you do realise that that invalidates the insurance. So if you'd had an accident, you wouldn't have been covered. But we didn't have an accident because Jesus got into the boat with us. With him, he's got you. Even in the storm, in the dark, when it's all going wrong, he's got you. Anyway, I thought the insurance policy said we were covered for acts of God. Yes, you are. But it doesn't say what happens if God becomes a man, does a sign and climbs into the boat, thereby invalidating your insurance. I suppose. Anyway, here are the keys. Thanks. Bye. There is no mountain high enough to keep us from God's love. No ocean ever deep enough to flood it If we live or if we die There's nothing can deny The never failing love of God in Christ And if our God is with us in that we do Nobody can stop us who would even dare There's not a thing can part us from our Father's care Never failing all his sailing love of God
ain't strong enough on earth or heaven above to overcome the love of God and Jesus. North to south and east to west, there's nothing can resist the all-assailing love of God and Christ. And if our God is with us, who have we to Nobody can stop us who would even dare There's not a thing can part us from our Father's care never failing, all assailing, death evading, all-pervading love of God Dumb Rocks there, brilliant song, reminding us that God is with us. Get the whole album, links in the show notes. You know that we love hearing from you. So thanks for eight-year-old Christopher, six-year-old Toby and three-year-old Ezra. How are you doing? You love listening to the podcast. Jam, you and I have kept them company on many trips to their grandparents up and down the motorways. I didn't know that. Um, Although I think I was in the boot under a blanket. (laughs) They love the facts. So Jam, let's keep going. Absolutely. Although having said we'll keep going, we're now going to stop. Thanks very much for listening. We've got another, well, three more of these to go. Can't wait to be back with you next time. So until then, cheerio. Bye-bye. Under fives, what did Jesus do in this story that was a bit strange? Can you remember? Fives to sevens, why were the disciples really worried? Eights to elevens, can you think of a situation in the next week when you might need to pray to Jesus for help to get through. Over 11s, why do you think Jesus lets us get into those really hard or scary situations? Have a chat about that. <laughs>